Welcome to Talent Hacks for Scale-Ups, the show for growing businesses moving at the speed of light. I'm your host, Sophie Power. Welcome back to Talent Hacks for Scale-Ups. I'm your host, Sophie Power, the talent lead here at Zinc. Today, I am delighted to introduce Stuart Hazel, Global Director, TA Brand and Marketing at Workday. Welcome. Thank you, Sophie. Appreciate it. Thank you. No, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, really looking forward to this chat today. For those who haven't met you before, would you be kindest to introduce yourself? Absolutely, yeah. So um, I'm Global Director at Workday for everything talent brand um so that's all encompassing of employer branding um the who we are um and um how we appear to to the external audience um as well as the recruitment marketing side so the whole conversion piece um you know making sure that we're supporting our recruitment teams and and um converting the right talent as quick as possible as well um i guess outside of work um you might see me on twitter moaning about my football club tottenham hotspur oh fellow spurs fan <laughs> i am a big spurs fan i've got some tottenham um stuff in the background um for those that are watching um the video i can just about see a is that a signed shirt in the background for for the benefit of it is yes. yeah yeah oh. um that I am, um, yeah, bid for that. So I uh, love my football, um, love music as well. Um, for those that go onto my LinkedIn profile, I, I studied commercial music at um, Westminster University many moons ago. So music's always been a passion in my life. Um, yeah, as I say, football, people know that I'm, I'm football mad. So, um, and yeah, love everything in this in this space as well. Amazing. No, thank you. And uh, yeah, a fellow, fellow, is it fan or sucker? Um, I was talking about <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, I used to have a, a really big Tottenham Hotspur mug um, that I'd occasionally drink from when interviewing people. Um, and famously, my first uh, interview with our, our partnerships manager, David, um, he's an Arsenal fan, which he told me right at the end of our screening call. Um, Amazing. <laughs> Good work, Sophie. Um... <laughs> it always seems to be a point of discussion because I remember I was, this was a few years back now, I was interviewing at CA Technologies um, and um, the then TA leader, I won't drop any names, um, but they um, they got the team to kind of do a little bit of due diligence on me and what I was like on social media. And uh, he was he was a big Arsenal fan. So the first question at the interview was um, why Tottenham. So um, <laughs> it's always something I bring up uh, with with humour and humility. Um, but yeah, um, big part of my life. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a season ticket holder. So ah. every other week. So yeah. Oh, amazing! Wow, that is that is uh, yeah, that is impressive. Um, cool. Well, moving back to the world of of talent acquisition, um, I think. Really excited to talk about this one today because it's something I, you know, sort of working in a, a much smaller business than Workday. Um, I'm, I'm sure I've got a, a lot to learn from you and hopefully um, folks uh, listening will as well. And um, the concept of utilising brand marketing as a 
as a recruitment tool is is something that has been growing uh, in the TA space. I've noticed that um, in sort of the so many years I've been working in talent acquisition. Um, and it's it's something that I have been a huge fan of, and I've always seen it as a bit of a, certainly when I first started working in startups six, seven years ago, a, a bit of an untapped opportunity at the time. So it's been really exciting for me to see that, that concept growing. Um, and, you know, myself being a recruiter, uh, being aware of, of one's presence and, and credibility when it comes to approaching and engaging with, with talent is, is essential to our, our roles, I think. Um, so, so first of all, so many folks in the industry use Workday, um, Workday sponsor the F1. There was the famous Rockstar Super Bowl ad earlier this year, which I thought was really cool. Uh, and of course, Zinc has recently launched an integration with Workday uh, to help TA and HR teams create a seamless onboarding experience. Wink, wink. Um, but, you know, on paper, if we think, you know, of all the things you can talk about on, on sort of social media, and marketing and branding, recruitment and HR software isn't that, um, excuse the phrase, sexy a topic um, on paper, which we agree. <laughs> Yet when... You know, we look at some of the really cool things Workday does. It portrays the image of a company that's really exciting to work for. I think. Um, so, what um, what has sort of uh, you know led you to kind of move from from uh, yeah move into talent after kind of a career in in sort of the marketing space? Yeah, I guess it's quite. I guess for me, I, I look at this and I kind of think I've probably always been around talent um i can even go as far back as my internship at jump off tv which um we we, we had uh, an event at scala it was kind of the, the biggest hip-hop experience in london at the time and i was stage manager but i also looked after their social media and their website and everything like that but like i was had to get talent to perform so like we were having to persuade talent to become part of this brand whether they were like doing a beat battle and producing or whether it was like um so like professor green came through to jump off so it was like even showing alumni you know as you know it, there's translatable things that even going as far back as that the influence kind of me and what I do and then even moving forward talking about I guess like unsexy roles I was at City Sprint which is a logistic company Um, you know there's not much sexy about taking a parcel from A to B Um, but you know I helped support them become the biggest cycle fleet in London so again it was the recruiters you know helping to support that recruitment drive to get all of these cycle careers. Um, And there was a need for promotion marketing to help support and keep up with that demand as well. Um, And then it was really kind of CA technologies through Allegis Global Solutions RPO, um, where I, I came over into the kind of talent marketing side and I I think for me I, I I've loved it because it's you know it's it's a humanization of a brand it's the personification of a brand um, and that's a really special niche um, 
to to grow in um so yeah i guess it there was a few things that led me to those paths but i feel like even in my journey to that first kind of employer brand role there was elements of internal comms even i built an intranet and it was like how do all of these businesses sell themselves internally almost you know it was it was building a picture that and all of these little bits built up to me starting there and then it for me it was like you know most people come in they're either recruiters who put their hand up because they like social media once upon a time or they're marketeers who wanted to find a different niche out of services and products um, which is me and it's I always say you know that first year always dig into the area you don't know so if you know the recruitment side because you're a recruiter just focus solely on what what does marketing look like and vice versa you know like that that learning curve for me was finding out more about hr and recruitment and what what the recruiters were doing around me you know it it went from corporate sales people um being my kind of buddies and 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 good co-workers to to recruiters so that was the transition yeah, I think it's it's really exciting um, when you get into that role where you feel you feel that sense of culminating all of your experience together um, and getting the chance to kind of I suppose like really make the most out of it. I I I felt that joining Zinc, uh, it's coming up to uh, ooh, uh, be just over a year, uh, which is super exciting. So yeah, it is really really fun to be able to uh, bring all that together and especially when you reflect back on on your journey as well and you realize there's quite a lot that you've actually already kind of been doing um at the time and, you um, don't and then it's like you kind of you know it's finding all of those ingredients and it's like no actually you know what i've um yeah it's interesting to look back on yeah so jumping to the present day um how much of an impact would you say that employer branding can have on on successful recruiting i mean i think i think it can have a huge impact obviously um if we're talking about quality and quantity um you know being as simple as hiring the best in the quickest amount of time um yeah, EB can absolutely have a huge part to play there. Um, if we think about the recruitment funnel, um, or some like to look at it as a recruitment cycle, um, yeah. you know, EB plays a part in all of those areas from, you know, is someone aware or unaware of your company at the very start? And of course, corporate marketing has a role to play in that as well. Um, but then, you know, that whole consideration to convert piece is huge. And then even all the way through to onboarding and retention and the cycle begins again. How do you turn that employee into an advocate to tell their story? So the cycle starts again. Um, so absolutely, you know, you could dig into any kind of part of that and really double click in, but, um, yeah, for me, it's it's huge. Um, there's there's a there's a lot of statistics and data at the moment around what what are the steps that 
candidates do before they go and look for their new role. And they're all marketing activities. Um, there isn't really one where they, you kind of go, I'll oh, go and speak to a recruiter at a company. It's like, I'm going to go and look at them on LinkedIn. I'm going to then look at them on Glassdoor. And if I really like them by then, I'll probably go onto their careers website. So it's, and all of these things are owned predominantly by talent brand, employer brand marketing teams or individuals that, that take up the responsibility for, for looking after that. Yeah, it's uh, sort of working in the, the smaller, smaller stage, uh, scale up startup uh, businesses. It's often sort of uh, a recruiter who, who wants to kind of pick up the mantle. Um, I've done it before and, and gone to, to sort of market and say, doing much with the instagram at the moment can i turn it into a uh, life app company name um and I've, I've done that before and it's it's been really you know really successful um which has been super exciting but yeah i i agree i think you know especially when you work in a b2b brand um it's you know you're not you know you're not the household name in i don't know serial games consoles um uh, clothing so actually getting across, you know, what you do, why it is interesting, the impact it has um, to, to get people excited is, is, you know, sort of where talent branding and, and you know, employer branding is, is really important. Um, and yeah, it's a really enjoyable part of the role as well. Um, you know, it's, it's just good fun. Um, and I think, you know, for anybody, my, my personal opinion, uh, you know, is candidates that apply are you know engaged um you know they've they've looked they've gone yep yeah, i'm interested in this I, I will send my cv into you after i've had it maybe i've you know seen an ad on on tv or i've you know it came across on social media or you know i've, I've read a good glass door review and also, yeah it sounds like a nice place to work um like you said and yeah, they're the they're the most um, engaged candidates. Um, you know, sort of they've they've applied to you, um, and you know, if you think about sort of cost effectiveness as well, which I think is quite important um, for for any business, not just early stage businesses, but you know, sort of larger organisations as well. Um, you know, kind of encouraging people to apply um, is you know sort of uh, you know sort of a really good way of, of sort of running cost effective recruitment team as well. Um, on the flip side as well, you know, the you know, there's obviously the the headhunting area where you know, you've got ninety, you know, you've got five percent of candidates out there who are looking for a job, and it's the other ninety five percent who aren't, and that all needs looking at, you know, in terms of supporting your sourcing and recruitment teams with how well equipped they are with content to share with these candidates, like. How do you even approach them? How how do they describe and um, have a succinct way, a universal way of talking about the company culture where they'll speak to Sophie and they'll speak to Stuart and get the same succinct answer, but told in our own individual ways because we're two individuals. That's massively important as well. It's the, you know, that that piece the 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 and that's why as well we we launched our evp last year um at the end of october um yeah. so that was like a six month first six month project having joined uh work day last april in in 2022 um and you know our first phase has been to get this across ta you know we've set up an academy we've set up training our 
recruitment teams, 100% have taken the training. We've done follow-up sessions so that they know how to use the brand aesthetically, but know how to use the brand and the pillars and actually showcase and not not tell the audience what who we are, but show them who we are as well. Yeah. yeah. No, I think that's yeah, it's a really good point. And and actually having stuff to to kind of display to show. So, you know, I mean we've all had uh I've had a couple of headhunting involved myself, uh, as a recruiter and you know, I've if I have been job hunting, um, you know, I've gone and had a little nose around their website and, and had a look at their social media. Maybe, maybe a bit more due deal, uh, given the nature of my role before sort of going, am I interested? So having having a good brand really helps. It adds sort of credibility to that, that outreach message. Um, sort of finding finding candidates is easy uh, when you're headhunting. Engaging them is is the really tricky bit. Um, definitely. Yeah, and it's making sure it's the going back to that, making sure everyone's showing up the same. Yeah, I think there was uh, there was something I read recently. It's like eighty percent of new job um, uh, seekers will go on to profiles of potential hiring managers, potential peers on LinkedIn. Now they're not all singing and dancing in, in the same way about the company on LinkedIn you know there's there's a there's a disconnect there um so it, advocacy is huge that is that is just again another call out and again it's it's part of each journey so um yeah that, that's a huge huge call out yeah i think you know having a good brand it, it you know it's you sort of mentioned funnel or cycle and i think you know using cycle um in in that context is really good because you know, you have a good brand, good candidate, good, great onboarding experience, good employee, then becomes an advocate, good brand. And then that, that circle gets, you know, sort of, uh, you know, really, really exciting. Um, so um, thinking about, you know, you mentioned the the EVP work um, that you've been doing, which is super exciting. Um, you know, company culture and values are, you know, or certainly traditionally were often held as internal only communications. I've certainly seen that in my experience. It's changing now, which is great. And actually it can be sort of one of the things that we've been thinking about at Zinc and, and sort of looking at as I'm, or I've, I have been um, over the past couple of months reviewing our recruitment process um, as we go from sort of seed to, you know, sort of series A and beyond, which is super exciting um, and that scaling journey. So, you know, it can be difficult to externally translate that in a meaningful way. Um, you know, Workday's won awards, for example, for its diversity and culture. It's been um, sort of awarded for one of the best places to work for women, which is brilliant. Um, how how have you and the team approached telling that story authentically? Yeah, so I would say just taking the EVP as kind of the vehicle, um, that's our succinct universal way to describe what it's like to work at Workday. Um, you know, and as I say, we don't tell our audience what those pillars are. Um, anywhere on our career site, anywhere on our social, we show them. Um, so we do externalise our values. So you can go on and actually see what our values are as a company. But our values is not our EVP. Our EVP is our give and get. It's, it's our promise to talent. You know, if you bring this to our organization, this is what you get in return. 
yeah. we don't put that promise up anywhere. Again, we showcase it through stories. So if, you know, that's that's the most important thing is it's, we don't, it, you know, it's not about guessing what our EVP is. It's about seeing it brought to life. Yeah. Um, I think as well, um, we also... We also externalize this. If you walk into a workday office, you see the values on the wall, literally the words. So, or up on the, depending on the design, they're on kind of the corridors, like the roof and things like that, uh, or the, the yeah, the roofing. Um, I, I'd say going back to your piece around externalizing, like the importance of winning awards and getting recognition and things like that, I think it's more of this is like a more of a token of yeah. our own workmates having a voice in the external market so all of those awards that we've won have come from award bodies where the i guess the the winning criteria is all based on real employees points of views so again, it goes back to the advocacy piece I was just talking about. That I spoke about in that instance was more on LinkedIn. This is more of I'm, you know, I'm I'm on Glassdoor, I'm on Comparably, and I'm showcasing why I absolutely love working here as a workmate. Um, so I think, yeah, the the awards themselves are like a reflection of allowing our workmates, which are workday employees, workmates is the the kind of title to share their voice externally. Um, and then this kind of authentic storytelling is kind of replicated in what we push out to market. Um, you know, workday's Instagram is a happy medium between corporate marketing efforts where you would have seen the rock star um ad that was out at the super bowl um alongside you know you've got ozzy osborne next to a wonderful workmate who has shared a story that again goes back to some of our evp pillars and give and get kind of pieces so to speak so i think i think for me it's um it only becomes difficult to externalize when you can't translate it. And that's why I say the EVP is the vehicle. It's the vehicle for it. Um, because you can, you can think of the right questions you want to ask your employees based on those pillars and give them the platform, give them the channel and push that, that story out. Um, and that's that's really it. And whether that's in a on a review site or whether it's them creating a blog or a video to go on Instagram um, Instagram stories or YouTube Shorts or whatever it is, yeah. it just that just becomes placement of the media in the end. Um, understanding where your audiences are, so it's just matching matching the message up to where your your talent audiences live and exist. Amazing. No, that's really exciting. Um, thank you. And for for sort of folks working in smaller businesses um, who uh, may, um, maybe like myself, uh, you know, kind of maybe one or, or two or maybe sort of three people teams, um, 
and they're kind of doing uh, a bit of everything um what what sort of tips and, and cheats would you recommend them to try when they're they want to get going with these things but obviously they don't have you know maybe heaps of resources so they've got to work smart uh, very smart um i think there's 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 obviously a few angles you can take most of it is going to be about being resourceful so for me this is like being resourceful yourself so um if you're trying to build a brand and you need photography um why don't you work with the internal comms team and see if you can put an ask out for any volunteers we have gigs at workday um and gigs are internal um part-time um you know time dependent uh working opportunities um and any hiring manager could set one up it it's almost a try before you buy and it's also it's improving skill sets across our workforce so even just the opportunity of opening gigs or like getting volunteers involved there might even be a photography employee group that you're not even aware of so it's like being really resourceful you know um you know i you know rather than forking out um dollars or or pounds for you know equipment or for agencies to support you it's like think about the people around you yeah and cool you might be a startup and there might be 50 people but you might have someone who's really good even with a camera phone that is fine to start with or you might have someone who is really like you know they're they're a wedding photographer at the weekend and you're like oh my god they've got all the equipment let's get them involved so i think being resourceful yourself and thinking outside of the box of how you can um how you can be helpful like you might want to set up the photography group yourself to get that talent in it's just about being resourceful yourself i think as well being resourceful with others so like leveraging and leaning on other people so you know our friends brothers and sisters in dei and corporate marketing you know they hold majority of resource they hold a lot larger budgets than us in eb most of the time um so is there ways that we can plug into what they're doing whether it's events they're turning up to whether it's campaigns they're running that you can piggyback on whether it's tooling that they use um you know they might have some really good tooling like hotjar for heat maps on your website oh can we get this on the career site as well so i can see where our audiences are and optimize and like um you know there's there's a lot in there um and and i think as well with those when you're trying to you, you've got to make it both ways it can't just be oh them always helping you like is there a, a you know a diversity event where you could invite your whole talent community to the, and support them with the attendance of their DE and I event? It's like, hey, look, we've got a population here. We could invite them and let's scrub each other's back. So I think when I when I talk about resourcing, get you know, being resourceful and leveraging and leaning on others 
think about the give backs that you can do for them as well. Because although you're under resourced or you're a small team, you can still help in some ways. And I think I think it's so important that to build that relationship and those partnerships, there's a give and get. Um, same as an EVP. And I, I think the final one as well is in most cases, data is free. So dig into that data, like dig into those analytics and let them like nobody can argue with data. Um, dig into that. It's free in most cases. If you're on a channel, if you've got an analytics platform, it's not normally, it's something that comes with something. So I'd always say, don't look at the free, look at the free things that you can do and leverage. Um, you know, again, if you've got a CRM platform, like email market, the people that are already interested with you, don't just leave them there. Don't make them like you've got a community there already. If you've built it, like think about the free, that's email marketing. It's all of those things. So be resourceful for yourself, lean on others, and then think about the data and other things that are free from your own offering as a kind of, whether you're a talent brand marketing team or a recruiter with this as an additional task, kind of your day to day, they'd be my kind of go-tos really to get started. Yeah, definitely. I think that's, yeah, some really good tips in there. And I think, couple that that sort of I've looked at before um like LinkedIn creator mode for example if you've got over a certain amount of followers um I think last time I checked it was about 3,000 um you can turn on creator mode that gives you a little bit more it's it's free uh at the moment anyway um it gives you a little bit more uh analytics and insights on your posts so uh, uh last year I did an exercise on just having a look at you know what kind of interactions I had on my post, what the outcome was in terms of reach, what kinds of people were looking at them based on, you know, sort of who was getting involved. Took all that together and then it sort of presented it back to my team, basically, um, sort of as a little piece on, we can use this to grow the employer brand, but also it contributes to sort of social selling as well. Um, so again, giving back to the sales team, giving back to marketing, um, and then sort of saying, hey, like, you know, when you comment on these posts rather than just like them, we get, you know, this many more uh, engagement. These are the types of people that are, uh, you know, sort of seeing these posts and, and they're kind of our, our buyer personas. So um, I'm at an advantage working HR tech. Um, a lot of my connections are recruiters. Um, so there's, there's sort of an obvious kind of quick win there um, if, if a lot of recruiters are looking at my post. But yeah, it, it, it's free. It, it took me, it didn't take me that long to, to kind of sort of go through those numbers, have a look at the data that I already had and, and then run with it. It's, yeah, really good, really good points to it. Yeah, and even like that's really good for understanding whether we're winning or losing. But also there's loads of stuff out there to see if we're winning or losing against our competitors as well, which are, again, free white papers, date, you know, data sheets, people that have done market research. It's just knowing where to find and navigate. And I think that comes with time. Um, I think a lot of people, if you're connected to people within the EB community, there's a lot of people sharing really quite good stuff out there um you know and it's well worth digging in and, and kind of going uh, you know and looking at the data and you know there's even stuff like 
you know, you can get little trial versions with stuff like SimilarWeb, which shows you the amount of traffic that's landed on a on a website. Like it's little things like this. And it listen, it's not going to give you the whole data piece. And I think they only do like three months now, and they don't do a subdomain, so it's it's limiting, but it gives you ballparks, it gives you benchmarks. But absolutely, like people forget a lot of analytics, a lot of data is free. People just want email addresses for you to see their data. Sign up, get it. You know, it's gated content and that's it. Yeah, you might you might have to unsubscribe to a few newsletters that annoy you, but at the end of it, I see that as a quick win. So it's just being really resourceful and looking and seeing what things are out there and just just asking people in forums, um, yeah. you know, um, yeah, where have, have you got any benchmarking data around this? There's a lot of people in this industry that want to help, help each other. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, yeah, I've always found, um, uh, particularly since I've sort of moved into the, the startup space, the, you know, kind of the wider market, um, you know, fellow practitioners really, really willing to help um, and, you know, sort of happy to share what they've learned, um, which is, you know, brilliant and, and definitely um, a great way, um, great way to kind of uh, get stuck in. Um, cool. So thinking about, you know, kind of, tracking um sort of success like do you have any kind of specific uh kpis or like measures of success like when you say work with you know campaign or or sort of you know push out some new content how do you then reflect back on that you know say three months time ago that was successful yeah i think i think for me there's i guess there's things to measure sort of top of funnel eb side which is that whole perception piece you know um then there's the more conversion rn recruitment marketing side which in most cases a lot of people find easier to track because it's applications it's you know your source tracking lists it's you know um it's your hiring data it's it's all of those things um but yeah, I think for me, in most cases, it's around the growth and engagement of your channels. So how far? Yeah, and I, I'm not, I'm not one. I'm, I'm all about quality over quantity. But like, you do want to see um, the growth on social, you know, and and engagement. You want to see is your CRM email nurture getting industry open rates and click through rates that it needs to. Um, is your career site doing what it should be doing? Um, you know, at the moment, we we want to make our career site our number one um, talent destination. And since I've joined Workday, it it isn't there's another channel that is so we want to drive more traffic to our careers website as a kpi because we see that as people trust our brand if that's our number one destination um you know you've got things like uh, you know aside from um engagement and growth it's things like uh speed cost and quality so anything that can make work day quicker or reduce the cost 
or in increased quality is great. You know, driving um, quicker referral process, um, getting our top applicants in um, as fast as possible, um, or the you know the 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 time from you know open rec to apply is is reduced because everyone's chomping at the bit. They're well informed. The top talents, the top talents, well informed to want to literally jump in and when that perfect job open, they're ready to go. Um, you know, I think as well is is source tracking, which is the bane of everyone's life within TA. Um, yeah. <laughs> but source tracking is so huge. Like you know, you need to you need to know whether that makes. Um, you know, you, you can make decisions around investment in channels and what's working. I think as well, um, looking at retention data is kind of missed sometimes. And I think, you know, understanding the quality of hire, has, has this person stayed for 12 months? Was their mid-year and end-of-year review or, you know, however they're rated as an employee based on their performance at, your company like are they there are where are they where they should be like all of that stuff is so important um yes quality of hire and listen there's going to be things that i've just i've said there that talent brand and marketing have full control over and there's going to be things that we don't that we can influence but we might not want to hang our hat on because it's not just within our control and there's lots of moving parts within um within marketing um there's lots of outside influences around kpis and okrs i think i would also just make sure that it goes everything goes back to your broader ta strategy um and if you can as a leader in my space have influence and speak to what's important to you so that it it's not um it's not distant or the ta strategy is so far left or right field from where you are you know that's where you hit issues i think as well just making sure that the way in which the ta strategy is built and the okrs and kpis that are built around the broader ta strategy matches the talent brand and marketing side as well. I think that's that's huge because then you've got that connection point. You've also got um, you've also got buy-in from your leadership team. They know what you're doing, how you're measure, being measured, and all of that good stuff. But a lot of it, as I say, goes back to speed, cost, and quality, and a lot of it goes back to growth and engagement on on channels. And it's just about deciding what means most for you at that point in time. Like the website does for us because the data's telling us it's not where it should be. If yeah. it was performing, I'd that KPI might move out for us in two years' time because it's it's okay, or it might become a maintained KPI, but not like a tier one, this is what we're going after. So you know, you've got to let the data tell you as well what what you need to prioritize. Yeah, I think that's yeah, that's a really good uh point to touch on. And 
for anybody listening who, uh, you know, all of this data can be found from your applicant tracking system. Um, so it's it's an exercise I did uh, at the end of this year. So at the end of last year, sorry, 2022, uh, having a look at, you know, where are most of our candidates come from? Um, what was the split between, you know, sourced candidates and, and inbound and of the inbound candidates, you know, where did most of them come from? And, you know, I um, presented back to the team just to sort of say, hey, like, you know, most of our candidates have come from, from you know, inbound versus outbound. Um, uh, and then, you know, interestingly, further breakdown of, of exactly where people have come from. Um, and it was, yeah, it was really interesting to see actually places where we hadn't put truth be told put much time and investment in just because you know I'm, I'm a team and I had to hire 20 people last year um in in about nine months so um uh managed it by the way just saying um <laughs> such a self-promotion though I'm so sorry um but um you know I, but truth be told I hadn't actually put much uh you know kind of time time investment um let alone budget investment in in the particular source where actually the majority of our, our inbound hires came from. And these were all people that were successful, past probation, still here today, doing really well. So that was a really interesting eye-opening exercise for me to go, well, actually, yeah, I need to spend a bit more time looking at, you know, what I can do for free to maximise that, you know, you know, and when we look to start scaling um, big time, you know, is it worth like looking at, at kind of paid plans and investment because it's obviously a, you know a source of, of quality hires for me and that data was free um I just you know had to go in and dig into sort of the report section of, of our ATS and uh you know find it and most people will find that is the case um if you do not have an ATS then my thoughts and prayers are with you um I'll just say that <laughs> again I can't remember there was something like uh there was some sort of something that cropped up on my timeline around people without ATSs. And it's like, there's something like 18%, but I can't remember what the sample size was, where it was, what the companies were who were being kind of surveyed on it. But yeah, it's, yeah, you need, you need to, and, and as well, the source tracking, it's like getting rid of duplication and some of the sources have strange names. And if you're new to the organization, you're kind of like, hey, look, we've got we've got multiple sources for the same thing here. What does this all mean? Like who who set these up? So there's a lot of like cadence and like you've got to just really dig into it. But um just stand you in such good stead. Um we've had to make some hard decisions with um partners, job boards who work they have been partnering with for a number of years before I joined but we've looked at the data and we've we've said hey look this isn't this isn't the type of ROI that we want and we've ended up saving ourselves a lot of money um from from kind of um yeah say taking down that vendor as a as a partner so it's so important so so important again that saved us money that we can invest in other ways where we could attract the talent that we want to, but do it in a completely different way. Do we go down an, an advertisement route that we've not explored yet? So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, for sure. I, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, uh, it's been an interesting exercise actually doing that, that kind of source tracking. Um, uh, as you've already touched on when I looked in the ATS, we had, uh, I think about 20 hires. We just don't know where they are. 
don't know, well, not 20 highs, 20 candidates, sorry. Don't know where they are. Don't know where they've come from. Um, the source is just unknown. So I had to go in and dig through and then, you know, kind of do a little bit of, of CSI recruitment um, and find out where they came from. And then, yeah, multiples of, of sort of slight, you know, like a decimal place in the wrong place or, you know, one source is a capital letter, the others use the lowercase letter. So it's tracked in two different sources and tidy all that up. But once you actually do that, that data cleaning and, and, you know, sort of dig into numbers, it's really valuable insight. So anybody is maybe putting that off um and uh, you know it's uh one of a many list of, of things to do um with kpis as well as like, have you got all the tracking you need like that foundational work like because you can't you know you might want to dig in to i don't know um how much traffic we get from a certain source and if that's not been set up properly like you can't have it as a kpi you can't because it's not being tracked properly so tracking and again it's something we're going through like don't people love to work on the big shiny things and it's like try and try and work on on those foundational things because i always say no one wants to build a mansion on a landfill site yeah it will fall over and it will be yes and it won't be the mansion we all wanted like Yeah, it'll sink very quickly. And, and you know, that is exactly the position I was in when I joined Zinc a year ago. Um, you know, I was high number 10 uh, seed stage startup. So as you can imagine, they were actually, even if the data had been tracked, there wasn't really enough to make that much, you know, so there wasn't enough to make insights from. So the exercise I did over, you know, between my join date um, and then, you know, kind of the end of the year was actually just create the data um you know uh, track it build it up and then at the end of of last year I had uh, lots of interesting stuff to work with and say right okay this is stuff we haven't talked about yet because we just didn't really have enough data to make any insights from it but over this year this is you know what we've actually learned um and so this is what we need to work on for, for 2023 which is what we're putting into practice now so yeah definitely that that foundational work um getting it set up when you know joining a startup that's maybe maybe you're the first recruiter maybe you're you know you're uh sort of taking over from the founders kind of working on it or or whatever getting all that foundational work done um it's it's not the big new shiny thing it's not buying some new tools it's it's not you know all of that but i yeah i would really recommend it um as, as you said it especially at that smaller scale like it's a beast when you're a like you're trying to do it at a work day or an IBM and it's like that become it's a it's a massive project. And I'm not saying that it's not a massive project for startups, but the scale of it to begin with, if you get everything right and in place and you build a process and a way of working to maintain, like that is a huge win. Like you're you're setting the blueprint for how it should be maintained. And yeah, you, you like whoever predecessors 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 they will thank you in the long run for yeah. sure <laughs> definitely up to date but yeah 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 of course that's the, that's the sort of step step two but yeah and, and from there you you've got all of that that data to then make your employer brand decisions um and you know kind of grow uh grow in a meaningful way from, from there so i think um 
I think very very data driven for me um but I think that's quite a good note to end on um you know get the basics right um and build up your mansion from there um yeah yeah. I really think that um if I was a startup and that was a clean white white you know blank canvas like get that right and then you can do all of the building your brand finding out who you are like when you're so young as well, it's really hard to build an EVP because you're trying to work out who you are as a company anyway. But I think the more you can just showcase it authentically, you know, get, get people around the office, creating little videos and things like that, trying to give them as much guidance as possible. But like, you might just not, you might not have the data set to even make an EVP. So it, uh, the maturity just needs to like it needs to come organically especially for startups and smaller companies yeah 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 and it will evolve um quite frequently um when you're in a, a smaller business as well if anyone's sort of wondering that because the business we are we were a year ago isn't the business we are today won't be the business we are in 12 months time in 12 months you've gone from this to this and it's like well, by the time you put your evp out it's going to be outdated. It's not who we were. Like it's, it's all those bits as well. Yeah. 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 I think, um, yeah, no, I think that's uh, a really good note to end on. Um, thank you very much, Stuart, for, for your time and your insights. And that's given me lots to think about and hopefully our listeners as well. Um, if folks want to chat in, you know, employer brand or football, um, where's the best place to get in touch with you? So I'm, at Stuart G Hazel on pretty much everything. So um link LinkedIn my profile forward slash Stuart G Hazel um Instagram all those types of things. So anything on social media will be Stuart G Hazel. Um and yeah just drop us a note. Um LinkedIn in Mao is probably the best. Um although I I get a fair bit of traffic on there but it's probably still the best way to get in touch um but yeah welcome any conversations um and uh thank you very much for for the invite and for having me today sophie and i wish you all the best with everything you have on as well thank you thank you very much now I've, I've really enjoyed this chat and i think um hopefully our, our listeners will agree and yeah i would love to know um for anyone listening what your your thoughts and and sort of learnings are from this so Thank you very much for for joining me, Stuart. And to our listeners, thank you very much. This has been Talent Hacks for Scale-Ups. This podcast is brought to you by Zinc. Zinc is an all-in-one background and reference checking software that supercharges the capabilities of ambitious HR and hiring teams. Our range of integrated solutions turn bad to brilliant, saving weeks of team time all while building brand love. Thanks for listening.